Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. Hello and welcome back to the Rugby Pod. I'm Andy Ryan. Big Jim and Goody are with me in Spotify studios for our Christmas party. Happy Christmas. Merry Christmas. We'll be unwrapping some secret Santa gifts and wrapping up all the Champions Cup action, including a stunning win for a Welsh region. Plus, we'll be discussing Steve Borthwick's unveiling as England's new head coach and what that means for Leicester fans. So settle back, enjoy, and make sure you've subscribed on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like... Can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. How's your week been, lads? Are you getting ready for the festive period? Do you know what? It's great to be in studio, isn't it? It's great to see this man-mountain Jim Hamilton, GLT. in the flesh. Yeah, had a lot. Be honest. Your nipples are hard. Yeah, that's because the pecs are growing because <laughs> I've been throwing tin about. Uh, looking good, Jim. It's Thanks, good to mate. be in your presence again. Thank you. You've still got a bit of sunburn, have you, from holiday? A bit red? Well, I mean, that's maybe the blood pressure as well. Oh, there you go. That's actually <laughs> a thing, isn't it? It is. Shouldn't joke about it. But yeah, it's good to be back. It's good to see everyone face to face, cheek to cheek. Yeah. Be in studio. It is. And you said a couple of things there. I love how you kind of entwined it into one Andy Road. So we're here to unwrap mm. Christmas presents. Well, firstly, I don't wrap Christmas presents. Beck does. And she went on keen on wrapping a 12-inch uh, pencil. So <laughs> she's not wrapped. So basically what I'm saying is they're unwrapped. But then he segued, didn't he, straight into, but then we're going to wrap up the Champions Cup. That was a lovely. I enjoyed that. That's the evolution of what we're doing. That's as good as the evolution gets. But we're back in the studio. And answer your question out of a week. We can get into it if you want. Go on. I was out on Friday with... That good, he can't remember. I'm trying to think of how to say it. Basically, Bill Sweeney bought me food. So, Bill Sweeney, I'm sorry. You're out your sleeping bag now. You've been busy. He bought me food. But I weren't out of Bill Sweeney. I was out with the only England coach with a 100% record. Richard Cockerell, because I know it is Richard Cockerell, because he hasn't coached a game yet on his own. <laughs> there you go. And he won't either as head coach. Very true. No pressure. So yeah. he's back He's back to being under loads of pressure, to no pressure. He lives in Edinburgh, so I was out with him. Like, both of us live in Edinburgh, yet none of us work in Edinburgh. But we were out in Edinburgh, and he went from loving Scotland to now, I don't want to say he hates Scotland. Say it, say it. Yeah, I think yeah, he's English, isn't he? He said he hates Scotland. He's English till he dies. Do you remember when we had him on the podcast? Yeah, and he said, we. Yeah, chatting about Scotland. I called him out on that, he denied it. No, no, no. We can go through the archives, Richard. England coach lives in Edinburgh, says he loves the Scots back in the day when he was trying to get the Scotland job. Now he's the England I mean, how fickle can you be? Who's paying the paychecks? That's all you need to know, right? Who's judging? We are not ones to judge. So I was with him. I say Friday. It might have been Thursday. I've had a busy week. Here's a funny story for you. So Saturday, as we know, commentating on the big one, Leon versus Saracens. Now we can get into the detail of like how the mechanism of that works when you're not actually in France and the issues that. What do you mean you has. weren't in France? I know. Yeah, I'm happy to share it. I'm tier two media, so I can say what I want. So we'll talk about that in a bit. But do you want to hear a bit of drama? Go on. 
Right, so you get treated well, right? Even if you're tier two media, I think everyone apart from Lol gets treated like the same way. Like Lol's the goat. He can rock him whenever he wants. He's his prep's done. You can wing it and he still sounds a million dollars. It's Lol. Everyone else gets treated the same, I like to think. Get off your plane. Addison Lee taxi's waiting for me, right? But travel's a nightmare at the minute. I'm two hours late to the podcast today. I'm an hour late landing. He's looking at me like it's my fault. Is this you or is this like as in it ain't my fault? Get there, Addison Lee. And I'm not looking for anyone to hold a door for me or to open the car for me or to open the boot for me. But he rocks up in this Volkswagen, right, this electric car. And I'm looking at him thinking, okay, well, this is new. Addison Lee, BT Sport, Tier 2 Media. They've brought out the best. He gets in, hat, gloves, scarf, massive jacket on. And I'm stood outside the car and I can't open the back door. I don't know why. I mean, I'm a well-travelled human. You know, I've had many cars both shit and good. So I've opened a few car doors in my life and the, the door wouldn't open. So he, he gets out, he's tutting, he's huffing. So he opens the door and he's like, can you not open the door? I said, well, clearly not. So I'm thinking, all right. I said, but I need to put my bag in the boot. <sighs> Starts tutting and huffing. So my back's already up a little bit, but I've got to be careful because it's BT Sport. It's tier one media. I'm tier two. I want to get to that point. So I ain't going to say anything. We're in the car. And again, I'm from Scotland. I'm used to the cold. It's cold in the back of the car. So this isn't like diva gym. This is like, oh, excuse me, can you just put up the heating, please? It completely ignores me. And I say, oh, excuse me, sorry. Um, can you just turn up the heating like it's freezing? Do you know what I mean? Like As in, like, it's now, like I see on the dial there, it's minus two. And he's like, oh, no, I don't want the heating on. I'll be boiling. So I'm, I said to him, I said, are you I said, are you taking the piss? I just said it like that. Did you say, actually? I said, are you taking the piss? <clears throat> Why are you being aggressive to me? Who do you think you are? Do you think you're better than me? Pulls over in the hard shoulder and he's like, get out of my car. Like that. <laughs> so I'm thinking, this is like... Here we go. I'm being stitched up. No, my first thing was, I've gone Where's into the, the big time. Yeah, as in, I'm tier one media. Ant <laughs> and Dick have got yeah, you. Someone's got me or like Ugo and Austin, the boys are stitching me up here. So I'm like, oh, mate. I said, you're taking the piss at me, aren't you? I said, like, literally, why do you keep swearing? Why do you keep t- saying I'm taking the piss? Who do you think you are? You think you're better than me. Get out of my car. So I'm going full cough skin. I'm like, mate. Top off? No, as in seatbelt <laughs> off. Just lent forward. Is that, is that full cough skin, seatbelt well, off? Well, th- th- that means it's business now. <laughs> like full cough skin, you wouldn't have your seatbelt on in the back. But it's a new car. The fucking beepers are going the whole time. I was like, look, mate, I don't know what's happened here, but I've got to get to this fucking game. I said, I'm already late. This is my cup final. I said, it's Leon versus Saracens. I says, if you don't drive that car, then I don't know what I'm going to do because if anything does happen, I'm probably going to lose my job. So please, I don't know what's happened. And he's like, why? Do you think you're better than me? And I'm thinking, like, have, have I... Did he listen to the pod and hear you say one of the greatest Scots to have ever done it? Well, I was going to bring that out, but I don't think he, he got it. He just said, well, let's just get on then. We've got an hour and 20 to drive. You sit there and I'll sit here and we won't speak. I says, what about the heating? (laughs) (laughs) Ignored me. Ignored me. And I thought it was a sketch. And you know what? I got there and you know where you can put a star or whatever next to the name? I just left it because I thought, I don't know what that bloke... I went deep. You know, I'm I'm in this phase of my life. I'm 40. I'm thinking about others. Like something's happened for him to be that raging. Like he's absolutely fuming. You you swore at him. You said you taking the piss. Yeah, but as in like like as in in a joke. I weren't like, are you taking the piss, Paul? I said, is this a piss state? Like, are you joking? Like, you made him come and open a door for you. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like, oh well, maybe I'm. Excuse me, think? sir. I know Lawrence Delalio. Come and open this door for me now. That's what yeah. you said, right? I was thinking that. It, I was thinking that. Did you but... think that you were better than him? No. Why would you have to think about that? 
because he was driving an electric car. I don't even own an electric car. He had four layers on. I had two. So he's better than you, isn't he? Well, that's what he, yeah. in that moment there, mm. right there and then, he is better than me. He is driving. I'm in the back, so he's important. He's got the keys to the car. But you think you're more important by being chauffeured well, from the airport. You to could say that sport. that man there was in control of my life and my destiny, and arguably you could say my fucking career as well. Like at that moment, pulled over on the M25, you could have been arrested. Yeah. To add to the story, I'm driving up to Leicester. On my way up, I'm thinking, right, I haven't spoken to Jim in probably a day. I'll give him a call, see what he's up to. So we were on the phone while some of this was kicking off, right? Oh, I'm being weird. So we're on the phone. I'm driving, obviously, hands-free for all the listeners. And all of a sudden, he's like, Goody, I'm going to have to call you back. And he just hangs up. And it never happens. I'm like, fucking weird. He literally just hung up. And I'm like, hold on a minute. Is it something I've done? Is it something more important? Like, You know, what's happening there? And then... About five minutes later, I get three messages come through. And on my car, you can press the, you know, when the, the car reads the message to you. You've got me in Chinese speaking. That accent is so funny. <laughs> and it's like, he sends me a message and tells me the whole story over text because he then can't talk over the phone about what's exactly happened. And he is fucking raging, aren't you? Well, I didn't know what to do. I was like, you talk about who's in control or who's better than who. Like At that moment in time, he has got me by the nuts. And then eventually, 15 minutes later, he calls me back. And he's calmed down a bit then, but he's given one word answers. So I'm asking him, like, mate, what the fuck? What's happened here? What? You must have done something. He's like, no. Nope. And I'm getting one word answers out of him. Is he still driving? Yes. <laughs> Are you speaking to him? Nope. <laughs> Has he put the heating up yet? Nope. <laughs> That's what I'm getting all the way there. So he was raging. But anyway, off the back of that, I thought you commentated with that stress in your life and that drama. I thought you commentated really well, James. All right. It's hard when there's only the lead comms. Like, I'm a forward, right? well established at it but I'm a forward so when you do it with a forward and back which generally happens when the big productions happen a back would pick up so much more I'm not belittling myself I am tier two but I pick up stuff around line out line out drive scrum pick and go pick and go like kickoffs like these things stuff that is in me and that I've done and balls off the head like that's not forward decoy lines exactly decoy lines <laughs> hit me some more sacking them all Penalties. <laughs> there we go, yeah, penalties. Yeah, disciplinary. Yellow cards. But some of Saracen's, and Leon's play as well, was so good. And then you can hear me talking about it on commentary. And I could have given it so much more. Like, for example, Jamie George. What a nudge. I mean, mm. but I just said, oh, Jamie George, the hooker's just kicked the ball through. And I've gone back and said, mate, he's, just, he's more than kicked the ball through. It's like a cross-field grubber that's fucking bounced up in Sean Maitland's hands. It's unbelievable. But for me, it's just like, well, it's a grubber kick. Like, anyone can do that. Yeah. I really like that bit of commentary because sometimes less is more. That's what I meant. That's what I've there gone you go. for. Well, there's some commentators that continually have to talk. And the biggest, my biggest bugbear, when you're watching the game, so when I commentate on games, I do it as if I'm watching the game and what I want to hear. So when you hear a referee talking to players, there's nothing worse than the commentators or the co-commentators talking over it. Like when you say less is more, and in my opinion, the greatest commentator out there at the minute and for a long time has been Nick Mullins. And he, some, he says that as well. He says sometimes less is more. Let the game breathe. Mm. Let it air. Let the viewers at home feel the energy, feel the atmosphere, listen to the ref. You don't always have to say something. Especially at scrum time, because then you get like real good player interaction with the ref and with each other as well. Often that gets talked over. Andy Rowe, it's like he's watched a game. Yeah, he loves the scrums. That's what, <laughs> he's feeling it. But you're right about that. Like when, if you, if you want to talk a bit more about like the commentary and the way that the media works, like I'm happy to say this. Like I've been retired five years now and I've done a load of games, but at no point have I had any training. I'd love someone to say, nah, like as in you need to do this, you need to do that. 
you know what I mean? Like, as in, mm. I want to get better at what I'm doing. This is our space. Like, we know, like, you know, it, you know, we feel comfortable. I feel comfortable. I listen to podcasts. You know what's good. You know what's not. It's a conversation. Whereas that, you look at the football at the weekend, the BBC and the ITV. I'm not going to open people up here, but how good is Alim Coist? Like, he's, he's absolutely brilliant on ITV. He's brilliant. Now, you, people have an opinion on different people, but... Are you saying it's bad from the BBC, Danny Murphy? <laughs> is that a yes? Well, it wasn't him specifically, but yeah, I mean, Alan McCoy is good, so you just don't know. But I, you'd love to be in a position where you get critical feedback or people helping you in terms of like how you become better in that field. Like, I'd love to get better in that field. Yeah, coached, mentored. Shall I mentor you, James? You can. I thought you were good at the end. Thank you. <laughs> When's my next game? I don't know. Yeah, exactly. No one does. Are you doing any via play? No, I've, I've cut back. Actually, I am. No, I am. Yeah, <laughs> I'm go. doing. Tw- I'm doing Friday. Hashtag always versus Glasgow. You got the twins and presents yet, Cody? I think the you misses, don't do the shopping. Do you? I think the misses is <laughs> the Harrods buyer sorted everything. Uh, do you know what? This weekend we spent. I was up at Leicester on Saturday, and Sunday I thought, do you know what? We're going to take the kids out. It's Christmas. Weather's shocking. We're going to take them to a pantomime. That's what you do, right? Take them out to the pantomime. I booked tickets to go and watch Cinderella, which is one of their favourite stories. You've got two girls, five-year-old twins. They love Cinderella. They call themselves Cinderella Olivia because their names are Bella and Olivia. So that, in the story, when Daddy reads it at night time, you have to call Cinderella Cinderella Olivia. Anyway, so I booked tickets. Vernon Kay is the star at the Wickham Swan. Sat there, one thirty. I've got front row seats on the oh, sure at the balcony. Not front row, right at the front, but on the balcony. So the, the kids have got good seats; so they can see basically. I'm thinking, oh, you know, great dad. Nice day out with the family. Starts at half one, park the car, walk in. Bella's like, can I have some Maltesers? Said, you can have two packets because I'm having one. You know, Olivia wants popcorn. I'm like, you can have two loads of popcorn. I'm having some of it as well. The kids were happy. Sat there half one, quarter to two. Still nothing. Everyone sat around whispering what's going on. Two o'clock, half an hour later, the announcement comes over. I'm sorry, this afternoon's performance of Cinderella is cancelled. Kids screaming everywhere. So my weekend was basically trying to make up for the fact that the Wickham Swan failed to put on a show, but the safety curtain was too safe and it wouldn't come up, so they couldn't do the performance, apparently. And basically, you just heard hundreds of kids screaming in this theatre, so I'm like, let's get out of here, still, man. let's go and walk the dog. Did Vernon Kay not come out and say a few words? I don't reckon he was there. No, I don't either. <laughs> I don't, he was out in the smash night before, weren't he? <laughs> so, yeah, so, uh, yeah, my weekend was up at Leicester, speaking to Jim Hampton, hearing about that story, and then Sunday, just a, a day of failure, so we ended up taking the kids to watch Matilda in the cinema and we got more popcorn as well so yeah <laughs> 5,000 calories in two days should we get into the secret Santa gifts yes yeah let's do it a lot of thoughts gone into this and I haven't wrapped like I have the best intention whose idea was secret Santa yours James yeah guilty I love Christmas have you have you sorted out presents for the missus the kids and all that stuff I'm good at buying presents are you I am I'm not so good at wrapping an- them you didn't answer the question though have you sorted them all out are they good to go I've told Beck what I think would be good in our house <laughs> <laughs> like genuinely like this is it like I am a gr- I have great ideas I'm an ideas man I'm yeah. a creative but actually doing it which we know is the most important thing admin how useless are men let's be honest right and I don't know about you Andy Rowe I'm pretty bad I just the crutch of the missus she just does everything yeah Gets it done, and then you become a little bit more lazy because you're like, well, actually, I don't really need to think about it too much because I know she will. Yeah. So I was, I was panic buying some presents last night on the sofa after all the popcorn. So what have you got the missus? We... What have I bought the missus? I don't want to say. Like, just not, in case she listens Just to in it. case someone listens and someone says, you know, like Santa's buying gifts. All right, so how are we doing this secret Santa? 
producer Rob's here. He's been here the whole time and he's shaking like a leaf because he's going to speak on the microphone. Rob, how are we doing this, mate? This is it. This is your cut final. So let's go Goody first. Did anyone understand a fucking word he just said? <laughs> <Go on. laughs> That's a Geordie accent, ladies and gentlemen. This is the first time we've heard Rob. We're fucking good. Goody first, man. Goody first, that's it. Great to have you on, Rob. You're going to go down as a legend at your rugby club. So you want me to get my secret Santa out first? Yeah. Okay, everyone close your eyes. Okay. And then plonk it in front of who it's going to be plonked in front of. So what I do when I, this is a surprise, I put my hands out really wide because I want it to be really big. Is that, <laughs> can I open them? Open your eyes. Where is it? Oh, producer Rob. So you've got to talk about what you've got as well. So you... Right. So it's in a lovely blue bag. There's no thank you yet. No, no. not yet. So this is from Goody, is it? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> so I've got the Sparkling Sensations Crystal Kink Couple Sex Toy Kit. <laughs> <laughs> What's in there? Seven piece kit. Get ready for a bedroom ball with this fun-loving troop of pleasure partygoers. Different gift for their ready and raring hosts. There you go. Used or not, Andrew, is it? No, no. it's all clean. And all clean. It's all been clean. What's in there? What, what kind of things? <laughs> there must be like a menu of what's in there, Rob, at the back. Oh, penis sleeve. <laughs> <laughs> lovely, lovely. Rabbit cock ring. Okay. okay, that's all right. That's pretty old school, I think. Keggle balls? I don't Ooh, know what are they? I don't know. Keggle balls. <laughs> Cover the balls... With lubricant and insert into the vagina. <laughs> oh my goodness. Is that even possible? Uh, and a butt plug. Oh God. Oh. Wow. Everyone needs one of them. Everyone needs one. Especially after Christmas party when you've got the shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> everyone needs, everyone I'm happy needs to talk one. about why I, why I went for that as well because, Rob, you mentioned uh, going away with the family. You went to Centre Parks, was it? Yeah. Who's taking them to Centre Parks? No, he's not. But he's done the family thing and the kids were ill, weren't they? Yeah. All ill, yeah. All in the centre part. So I thought it's time for him and his missus just to have a bit of one on one time. Reconnect. Reconnect. They've got. They've, he's done the right thing. Take the family away. The, the kids have been ill, so it wasn't as pleasurable, shall we say, <laughs> as it could have been. Because the kids were ill, so I'm trying to give him a bit of pleasure in, well, in his life with his missus. So, thanks, mate. The butt plug's yours. That's getting rewrapped, isn't it? <laughs> Regift. <Really> Mum. <laughs> Rob, who's next? You do Andy Raw next? Oh, so I do mine? Yeah. Okay. Well, it, it can't be me because you rang me saying who you would never ring someone if you're their secret. Well, who have you got? Well, I'm not going to say it's secret, isn't it? Okay. Right, I'm going to I'm going to close my eyes. Close them. I'm not sure why we're closing. I'm, I'm working on a process of elimination. Right, hang on. So it's either so me or you. Me or Jim. The build-up to this best be, it best be big. It's me. No, it's me. It's me. Why have you sat down, Andy Rowe? You've got oh, to give it us. I've got three presents. <gasps> I feel like they're a bit lame now. After seeing what Rob got. Oh, so three presents, Secret Santa, we've got... We what up. does that mean? Does that mean then I've got you? Or I've got Goody? Uh, this says... Might need to take it out. It's triple XL, so it should fit. Oh, oh gosh. A, um, no underwire, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> so what is it? It's a bra. Oh, it I thought you said it's a no underwire. <laughs> no, it's a, uh, it's a ladies bra. No, it's a, it's a men's bra. Oh, it's a men's bra, is it? Mm. It's basically a bra. It doesn't say what size yet. I'm trying to find the sizing. Well, let me try and find the sizing as you open your next one. Let's have a yeah, look. There we go. I'll have, have a look. Thank you, Andy. It's or okay, mate. Secret Santa. Okay. Bra. 42 double G. What's that? Uh, we've got a... we go, 42 double G. We have a... One of those warning signs. So it's a, it's a warning sign for... Um, I know you, you complain a lot with um, your kids walking in on you when you're taking a poo. Well, that's so. my hide-and-seek place. You put it outside your door mm. of the ensuite and say, uh, kids, stay away, because it says caution. 
deeply satisfying poo in progress. You Kids know this bra, yep. you can't tumble dry, just so you know. <laughs> and then we've got something else. I'm going to guess. It's a book. A DVD. Oh, my kids hate me with this, because like, I'd call oh, them out got a book. Hold on, we've got a book. Oh, is it a book? This one's a bit cryptic. What would Eddie Jones... Oh, it's a book. What would Eddie Jones do? Oh, it's a notebook. Okay. What would Eddie Jones do? Mate. He's got a fucking train hard, mate. Well, he's not going to do anything now. He's gone. And then we've got some professional barber tools. To... What is it? It's a what? Oh, Shaving a razor. Hang on. Oh, it's a razor. Razor for razor ruddock. But that's actually a good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Razor ruddock. No, for oh, geez. oh, it's a nice oh one. Andy wrote it's a nice one. Are we buying nice gifts? I think quite a bit on Goody. Jeez, you could kill a man with this. It's a proper razor blade. No, I don't think it's got the blades in it. You got to buy the blades for it. Oh, you didn't get. Oh, don't know. Uh, well, I couldn't be giving them like half a present. That is love, Andy Ray. No, that's that, very that, nice. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, that, that's thoughtful. Something that we've all been, we've all been thoughtful. Look, Rob's, very thoughtful. Hey, look, Rob's nervous now. <laughs> Do you want to go next or? Yeah, I'll go next. All right, go. Oh, what have you got me, Rob? Merry Christmas, lads. Bloody love Christmas. Closing your eyes. Okay, are we close, are we closing oh, your yeah, eyes? Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. So it's just me and Andy. <laughs> this can't be me. Thank you, Andy Rowe. It's very kind, by the way. You're welcome, mate. Uh, Favourite one would probably the bra. Is that, Rob, I've only got two. Yeah, no, you've got oh, three. I've got three. I've got three. Let me try and guess. That feels like a wallet. Andy Rowe, open your eyes. No, it's me. Oh, so I've got, that means I'm getting the dildo. Great. <laughs> You don't know that for sure. <laughs> I know for sure. I'm getting a 12-inch dildo. No, you're not. Wait there. Hang on. You better have got me some lube as well. And what's that? Feels like there's like a mask in there. You said you don't need lube. I'm good at guessing. There's a mask in there, lads. Oh, there is. The wolf mask. That isn't for me. That's for Beck. <laughs> yeah, it's more of a present for Beck, yeah. A wolf good. mask. Good. Let's get this on. That's for Beck, though. Can't put it over the hat. How's that? Right. Now you look great, yeah. So actually, I don't need to buy back anything now. <laughs> Rob, you're so thoughtful, mate. Which one shall I open next? You choose, mate. Oh, that's a heavy one. That best be expensive. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, look at this. Wow. It is tools. So you're trying to tell me I've got long, smelly fingernails. Yeah, so this is to, if you remember your New Year's resolution for this year, was to sort your tags. Those. Text toes. And the lid. And the lid. Lid's been sorted. Has it? Yeah, we can't talk about it just yet. <laughs> and there for the toes. These long ones are good because I can't now touch my toes. So the longer ones, Rob, thank you very much. That's very thoughtful, Rob. Again, that's for Beck more than me, but... Are you going to hand that to Beck and say, do me toes? She does do me toes. <laughs> Rep for her first. Right, last one. Beck, happy Christmas. Last one. This one's definitely for you, mate. A toe curling kit. Oh, controversial. What is that? Some Newcastle Falcon pants. Yes. XL. Mm. Mm. Thank is, you very much. Is that much. for the, the waist or the, the actual bits? Well, let's have a look. Because you're definitely not XL in the bits department. I've got a picture to show. Yes. Go on the Falcons. Oh, yeah. Get them on Christmas Day, Rob, just for you. Oh, These are all for Beck. <laughs> like, you've bought me them, but Beck is going to be over the moon, so thank you very much. So, at the minute, I've stooped to the lowest, really, haven't I? You, you boys have put a bit no, of thought no, no. into it. No, no, you wait. <laughs> <laughs> right, well... Uh, Oh, right, shit. close your eyes. Close your eyes. Yeah, just me. I wonder who's my secret Sandra is. What's going on? Oh, oh wait, that's wait. It's very heavy. I was going to wrap them, but Beck says she couldn't do it. She didn't have time. Okay, so first thing I'm getting out yeah, of this first thing. blue bag is... Yeah, this is a thoughtful one. This is a thoughtful one? So it's you should have got that one in last, but that's fine. It's a very heavy... World's best city, celebrating yeah. 220 great destinations. This is very thoughtful. It's Kov on there. 
I don't think so. <laughs> Cobb is a cultural city. One city, city culture. culture. Andy Ray, you don't need to open. That's weird. Mate, this, this, <laughs> this is lovely. It's a book. <laughs> that's what, yeah, but that's what happens. <laughs> Why when is it you weird? Get a book. Uh, anyone who gets a book at Christmas, they'll take the book out and they'll open it like as in, does it open? Yes, it does open. Oh, yes, it's lovely. closer. So that's a nice present. It's very present. thoughtful. But you're okay, absolute welcome. Just, just while you're I didn't think you had it in you. Yeah, I, well, it's thought. because of the other gifts I've got you. That's why. Oh, God. I'm, I'm nervous. Yeah, just get your hand in there. On the index. What is this? Open it. Lumpy. Open it, open it up. Look who's packing. Made from the same soft skin material used to create fleshlight toys. So if you open it up, you'll get a better gauge on it because yeah. it isn't what it seems. I can confirm that Coventry is not in the uh, world's best cities book. Is it not? Edinburgh will be. That's no, why we live there. Go on, let me open it for you. Come out. Got a sweaty palm. Because it's already been used, so... <laughs> Here, Andy Rope. Some Lynx Africa right as well. Andy Rope, you ready? Catch. <laughs> so does that look familiar or not? It looks like it looks like something that Goody's got a photo of you with. No. No, no. that's too big for that. That there. Well, shall I read what it is? Do you want to read what it is? Yeah, what it? happens? Is it? So it's made from the same skin. As you've, you've mentioned all that. So basically, it's a willy, right? Yeah. And it's a small one because that's what's being crossed on there. So your good lady... Jackie sent me a mould of yours. <laughs> so that is a mould of yours. Thanks, Jackie. Yeah. She does that. So I don't know who who that's for, but yeah, that's your willy, basically, that's sat on the Is it? That, yeah. That's my actual size. That, well, it's yours. That's it. It's like, it's the, it. that's what happens now. Like, now you can get, like, your own one oh, made. To be fair, anyway. Do you want to feel my willy? No. Yeah, I'll to pass be, it here. To be fair, oh, I'll pass it around. So I've already touched it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. To be fair, anyway, it's bigger than Jim's. From that picture, it is... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Content. This is the sort of thing that you can stick to. You know, you, have you seen the video on social media? Well, it was sticky. It's not sticky anymore, <laughs> is it? Not? The video on social media where there's a guy and his uh, motorbike, and it's obviously his mates or someone. Stop squeezing my dick. Sorry, sorry. You hold that. <laughs> drives past him with a stick-on dildo and smashes oh. it on the front of his helmet. So he's driving along and he's got a big dildo hanging off the end of it. Oh, how immature are we? I oh, know. It's what? good to laugh and smile, isn't it, gents? Yeah, hang oh, on. Goodness. Mate, you, you've not finished. What else you got? Oh, have I got more in well, there? Well, you just put it on your book. Oh, the Lynx Africa. Why'd you get oh, the Lynx Africa? Oh, what do you mean, oh, the Lynx Africa? Because you I stink. It's the great... Well, oh, actually. It's, it's one of the greatest deodorants you can get and this segues on because I've got an apology. Oh, that no. was meant to be more than brawl, that was. All on you. That was meant to be more yes. than brawl. Yeah, what's people ain't that. The, the, what's they, happening with that? They haven't made it. What the product? Yeah, I know. So for the people reaching out, everyone in here was meant to get some more than goo, and uh, some people have paid for it, pre-ordered. Andy Rowe, hand up, he loves it. Goody, you pre. F. Yeah. Mate, three of them. I've got them for my, for my family. <laughs> A lot of people have pre-ordered. I'm going to spray the twins in it as well. Can you spray the twins in more than brawl? <laughs> <laughs> Bloody right, you can. <laughs> You're right, you can. Um, so more than brawl was meant to be. Out, shipped by the 11th of December, signed contracts with the producers down in Bath. Nah. And so what now? Well, in the new year, in Jan. Oh, okay. So it's not... Yeah, but still. It's not off the shelf yeah, completely. Yeah, it doesn't look good though, does it? Be on the sh back on the shelf soon. No, I don't want to be promoting Lynx Africa. That's going to be the that's going to be our rival, you know? Anyway, you've got some saggy balls there, if that is a Yeah, mold. I know. Yeah, they weren't, but it's, as I say, it did stick for a bit, but it's not anymore. So, yeah. So, so let, the... let's give Rob his moment. Are you happy with your present, Rob, or what? Um, and what's your first thoughts on how you're going to use it? Well, I was thinking about the butt plug for the night out. <laughs> <laughs> if you're on the Andy Goo diet, I think we'll all be using it, to be honest. Merry <laughs> Christmas, lads. Merry fucking Merry Christmas. Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Look how happy you are. I, I, yeah, I love a secret Santa. I really do. He does, but I have I have got a question to ask you, Jim. Yeah. With this secret Santa. And now we all know who's got each other's presents. And Rob looks disappointed or he doesn't know how to explain it to his missus when he gets home. 
Jim, I need to ask you a question. Go on then. So, last week, Jim's like, I need to get something sent to your house. I'm Secret Santa, I can't tell you who it's for, but I need to get something sent to your house. So we got the willy sent to my house. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to fly down. <laughs> so he's got the willy sent to my house. And my, my missus is like, what's that? Why is Jim getting something delivered to our house? I said, and I just came clean. I said, look, you know, Secret Santa, he's immature. He's bought Andy Rowe willy. And um, yeah, I, I presume he doesn't want to fly with it or something. And she said, what have you bought? I said, I bought Rob a whole sex kit. So <laughs> she's like, you lot are so immature. But yeah, so that you just didn't want to fly with it. That was the reason. That was it. I didn't want it. Yeah. Just so, in so case. Now my, just... my postman thinks I'm an absolute wrong and for getting a, <laughs> a soft willy sent to my house. It's not just any, it's Andy Rose. Like, that's yours. That's the replica. I appreciate Thank the door and the work that you've gone to to get me there. Well, that is, it's, mate. You, hey, it's Christmas. You're welcome. And if you're looking for that last-minute Christmas gift, don't forget you can give the gift of the pod. We'll be in London and Edinburgh for the Six Nations for our biggest ever live stadium shows. We're going to be at the O2 in London and Usher Hall in Edinburgh in February. We'll be having Mike Brown and John Barclay with us in London to preview the England v Scotland game. And in Edinburgh the following week, Andy Powell and John Barclay to preview the Scotland-Wales match. These shows are going to be massive. So just go to ticketech.co.uk and search for the Rugby Pod to get your Christmas presents sorted or get your mates together for a big night out with the lads. Also, we're looking for a bagpiper to play for both events. So if you fancy piping in the lads, get in touch on social media. Hold on a minute. You, you play the bagpipes. Yeah, I play them as well. So you could pipe us off. I could, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> love to, love yeah. to. You, you could get the bagpipes out. I could. I, I'm not happy about the bagpipes coming down to London for the, the show at the O2. Why? Fucking London, mate. Two times Calcutta Cup, back-to-back champions. That's a Scottish you thing. You call it champions, or not? I don't know what it That's is. That's a Scottish but... thing. You can leave it up in Edinburgh. Half the pod Scottish. Well, if we're not including Andy Rowe and Rob, yeah. Thank you. So that means you but think you're, you're more Scottish. More... Oh, I don't know. You're more English than Scottish, I'm not quarter English. Steve Borthwick, lads. Shock. Are you shocked? No. I don't think Richard Cockrell was either. Did, did Cockers know about it? I'm yeah, I think, um, yeah I, think, I think so, without knowing. Like, I didn't want to know too much, because if it didn't come out and I'm talking about it, and then Cockers told me, and I wasn't meant to say anything, but I, that was my first question. Richard, I've not seen you in five years. England coach? He said, yeah, for three more days. <laughs> there we go. So, yeah. Yeah, listen, it's... The RFU, they've made their play for Borthers. Um, it, there's a lot of muddled thinking, in my opinion, at the RFU on how they've gone about it. They talked about the succession plan. I've said it on here before around the succession plan. They're saying we accelerated the succession plan. Well, they didn't speak to Leicester, I don't think, until very late on. And then they didn't realise that Steve Borthwick had signed a contract extension with Leicester Tigers. So it's cost them an awful lot of money to go and get their man. If that was the succession plan, they haven't done it in a way that... Perhaps they thought was going to happen and, and be as easy as, well, Steve's only got to the end of the year. Well, he signed a contract at Leicester, an extension. Why has he done an extension? Well, they won the Premiership last year. so I, I know, but as in what, more money? Or do you think in his mind he had, oh, I'm going to stay a bit longer? Well, it, it, I think his contract was due to expire at the end of this season. And then they win the Premiership last year. And Leicester have been very astute in what they've done. They've said, oh, we've got a coach here that's turned the club around with Kevin Sinfield. And we're now Premiership champions, so we're going to reward him with a contract extension. Probably, I don't know about the money, probably more money, who knows? Maybe it's just more security. You know the game we're in. Rugby is in a difficult spot financially. So if you're Steve Borthwick, and obviously Borthers at some point would have thought to himself, I want to be an England coach. He came to Leicester as a head coach to get head coach experience so that one day he could be England head coach. But ultimately, Leicester have said to him, 
congratulations, you've won, won the premiership, we're going to give you a reward you with a contract extension. But also in doing that, they're protecting themselves a bit because they've foreseen the fact that the RFU would probably come after them at some point. So they want financially reward him for that. And I say reward him for releasing him from his contract. So I think he had maybe two, if not three years on the contract extension that he signed. So the RFU have had to pay out that. Kevin Sinfield's one. How much do you reckon? You had to guess. We, can, to guess. we can guess and make it up. A mil. A mil. I reckon. This is before we paid him as well. So to get him out of the contract, Kevin Sinfield as well. He was on a long-term contract from what I understand. And rightly so, Leicester are protecting their asset. Their asset was their head coach, Steve Borthwick, and their most inspirational coach probably that anyone's ever worked with in Sir Kevin Sinfield, who ran the defence. And for them to rip it out of the club, you know, we're in December, mid-season. How do the club then go and find someone that's available? Who's available right now? Well, there isn't anyone that they can see is available from the outside. So they're promoted from within, giving it to Richard Wigglesworth, who's been in that environment, been in the Saracens environment, worked under Steve. So for some continuity to the end of the season. But the knock-on effect to Leicester, let's not forget that uh, I mentioned the financial situation the game's in. They've already lost two home games this year because of the Wasps and the Worcester games were cancelled. So in terms of revenue streams, you've lost two games, right? You then rip the coaches out mid-season, England take them, so unless you're happy with the financial package that the RFU are going to put in front of Leicester and say, you know, here's X amount of cash that we want Steve Borthwick now, they've then got to factor in what does the knock-on effect of that have to the playing squad? Because you're then talking about knockout games. We've got last 16 in Europe, quarterfinals in Europe that could both be at home, massive paydays for the club in terms of selling tickets, selling corporate, the Andy Gutwick will be absolutely rammed, you know, everything that goes on in the stadium. So they factor that in as well. If the performance now drops off and they don't get these home knockout games, maybe a home premiership semi-final as well, they're numbers that are all factored in into the profit and loss of, an, of a rugby club. So they have to look at this as to what the knock-on effect would be to release Steve Borthwick, and that's part of it. So I don't know the number. I've got no intel at all. I've not asked anyone at Leicester Tigers. It's none of my business. Uh, if I was going to put a number on it for Steve and Kev Sinfield, let's say a millie. A milli, baby. Wow, a mil. And that's the thing. When you look at, actually, from the outside, and you look at it solely on Leicester, championship team, won the Prem, England won a new coach, they know about Steve, then you see why they've gone for him. You see why they've gone for Kev Sinfield, not only... Well, I think Steve said, I'm coming, but I'm bringing Kev Sinfield. Well, there you go. I think then you have to... The RFU have to go and negotiate with Leicester to get Kevin Sinfield as well. So it's not just... he. If you go into a head coach's role, and this is one thing I always said to Jordan Murphy when he was head coach at, at Leicester, you've got, if you get in that job, at some point you're getting sacked. A finger will get pointed at you. you know, there's very few coaches that choose to leave on their own terms. You know, Even Arsene Wenger in football, he left. people said he left it too long. Mark McCall at Saracens, unbelievable job he's done. Obviously there was the issues with the salary cap, but he will leave that club probably when he wants to, but every other coach around, people get sacked, right? Mm. So unless, if you're taking on the head coach's role, you have to do it and demand what you want as a head coach. So your coaches, your people in behind you, otherwise you're not doing the job that you want to do. You're relying on other people choosing your support staff. You know, if the RFU said to Borthers, well, you know, you can here's a job, but Kevin Sinfield's too much. Borthers probably go, well, I'm staying at Leicester then. So you either get him and he comes with me. So you're doing it on your terms. Whereas I don't think Jordan ever did it on his terms. I think it was all, and you interviewed Simon Cohen. I think Simon Cohen was pulling a lot of the strings because Jordan was an inexperienced, younger head coach, director of rugby. And now you have to have the the cojones effectively to say, no, you want me, we do it my way. Because you're at, the finger eventually gets pointed at that head coach. So from what I understand, Steve Borthwick's probably said, you know, I'm only coming if Sir Kev's infield. 
comes with me as well. And the lay of the land. So you think, right, a progression from winning the Prem, is it winning Europe? And this isn't meant to sound derogatory towards the tournament. How big a deal is that now? You know, so if you're Steve, right, if you're Steve, you've won the Prem, you've lost Genji, you've lost 4D, you haven't been as good this season, right, there's a World Cup at the end for a lot of players, so yes, they want to perform. I'm not saying that these are the reasons why. I'm just trying to put a little bit of flavour into the mix of like what is left for him to do. So if you've won the Prem, can you back it up without two of your best players? I don't know. Europe is at the same poll. Will England have come in top job? No real pressure, I don't imagine, to win the World Cup next year. As in, you could hide behind that. He signed a five-year deal, so the one will be in Australia in 2027. Wow, God, we're old. Yeah. Um, They're going to expect results, though, aren't they? The size of the playing pool, the size of the union, you know, standing in the game, we should be doing a hell of a lot better than we do. You know, and that's over the last two years. Under Eddie Jones, we've underperformed. You can't get away from that. People talk about Eddie Jones's record. He's the coach with the biggest win percentage. Yeah, he is, and that was all at the start. But the last two years have been, two and a bit years, three years probably have been pretty dour. So they've made the change. And do I think the time's right? I said it last week. I don't know. It's a panic from the RFU. And they've panicked again and gone and got Steve Borthwick. And they're trying to say, oh, it's succession planning. Well, you know, the whole negotiation isn't a sign that it was great succession planning because they didn't know necessarily that Borthwick had signed a contract extension at Leicester. But he'll be judged on performances. And is he the right man for it? Well, if we win the Six Nations, win the World Cup, yes, he is. But that is cutthroat coaching, right? It's results-driven. He'll have, as Jim says, the the ability to lean on the fact that if we don't go past the quarters or the semis in the World Cup, then he's only just taken over. And as Eddie Jones said, judge me on a World Cup, mate. But he won't necessarily be judged on the very first one because he'll have that excuse of, I haven't had enough time to implement everything I want to implement. But he won't leave any stone unturned. He's the most dedicated. He's the ultimate rugby nose, isn't he, Steve Borthwick, in terms of coaching and the detail he goes into and how much he puts into it. And obviously Kevin Sinfield will have a big impact. The first thing he needs to sort out is our attack coach, Sam Vesti. You know, do you go yeah, after him at Northampton? Northampton's been struggling though. Their year. attack's good though. Although they didn't score a try the yeah. weekend against Saints. I was going to say, the, this, but, apart from this weekend. Uh, but this is the thing, you know. Nick Evans. I've heard Nick Evans. Really? Yeah, I've heard Nick Evans. Really? Yeah. Not from Cockers, not from Richard. <laughs> no, just but, through the great uh, This is the thing. So you look at Leicester's success last year, and England fans, and I think, and I've said it on here, I think England should have gone after Scott Robertson. You know, from what everything you hear about how he coaches, the environments, the culture, results, the the way he plays, and all, all that stuff, or his teams play, that'd be exciting for England. You look at Steve Borthwick now. Look at the way Leicester played last year. Yes, they got success, they won it, but they don't set the world alight in terms of attack. And we've got some unbelievable attacking players. So, Steve Borthwick needs to employ a attack coach that can get the best out of a Marcus Smith, a man to a Lange, a Henry Slade, and Owen Farrell, you know, the wingers that we've got, the young talent in the England squad and in and around it. That is the bit that it's the hardest bit, I think, to to make everyone happy with, but it's something that he certainly needs to look at because now he's got Kevin Sinfield as his defence coach. Does Cockers keep his job as a forwards coach? Does, you know, obviously Gleason carry on as the attack coach or does he look for other people? So Proudfoot. Matt Proudfoot as well, scrum coach. We shall see. Do you think you'll see any big changes as far as the way England play? Would he go for someone like Genji as captain? You had him at Leicester, freshen things up. I think you need to move Farrell back to 10. I don't really know. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Like Goody said, everything you hear about Borthos is that he's intense, ridiculously intense, like loves the game, understands the game, and quote-unquote anyone who's worked with him, hands down, the best coach. 
I've ever worked with. Wiggy says it. So Richard Wigglesworth, who's now Leicester head coach, which is mental for him, which is unbelievable for him, but crazy when you think how things can turn around, said he's the best coach I've ever worked with. And think about who he's worked with at Saracens and Sale and England back in the day. So they got the right man. So if things need to be changed, I think Borthers will make the hard decisions. If they need to change the captain, if they need to put Faz at 10 or put Faz on the bench and put Marcus Smith. I agree with you. If you're talking stylistically around how we play, I don't see a massive amount of change at the minute under Steve Borthwick. You know, short term, he'd be thinking, I've just got to get that fucking Calcutta cut back. <laughs> Game remember, one. I can't remember when the last time we had it. And that's the thing. It's, it's them results driven where you build momentum. And I think he'll go, risk averse is probably the wrong word, but his style of play is that Saracens-esque, initial Saracens-esque way of a lot of kicking, you sort your foundations out, your set piece, your forward power play, you know, your kicking game, your defence, and then tag on the attack further down the line. So I don't think we'll see massive changes. Eddie Jones loved to kick the ball, didn't he? And you have to kick it a lot at international level to, those, to, to force those errors and gain the territory and all that stuff. But yeah, I can't see a, a, a massive stylistic change between now and, and the World Cup. One thing's for sure. The RFU have got money. <laughs> they have now, haven't yeah. they? Do you know what I mean? Like, as in, when you you break it down, however they found the money, and if it's gone from two hundred grand to buy Borthers out of a contract to a million pound, which we're presuming or we're guessing, effectively, but either way, they got a lot of money, haven't they? When it really matters, yeah. And you have not even paid them both yet. No, show me the fucking money. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon, guys. If you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser. But I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC Pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. Sweat. You mean armpit tears of weakness brought about by poor deodorant choices? Say goodbye to that salty river that floweth from your underarm with Old Spice Swagger Antiperspirant. Made for 24-7 sweat protection with daily use and an undeniable smell of cedarwood and lime. Mmm. Giving you the confidence you need to quit your job, move to a remote island, and spend your days frolicking with dolphins. Old Spice Swagger Antiperspirant. Shop Old Spice now. This episode is brought to you by Allstate. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings vary and are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Let's move on to the Champions Cup then, because the format came under criticism again this week, didn't it? See, my tweet went now <laughs> like a shit sandwich. <laughs> Go on. Well, I just tweeted on Friday, just nothing major i just mentioned about gloucester we spoke about it on the podcast yeah. didn't we and then i just followed it up with a tweet and then just got drico put you to bed didn't he well you're talking about a six-day turnaround six-day turnaround like well leinster have as well but yeah, drico leinster got about a 70-man squad but i know and that's the thing on twitter what i struggle with like one misspelling ain't great in punctuation but there's no context <laughs> is there yeah. but you put it down in black and white and this is great for us to have the forum and talk about it 
And I'm sure if you go back through the podcast last year, I probably said Montpellier were a disgrace for sending you did. their team you to Leinster. Yeah, mm. I did. But yeah. look at the scoreline as well. With yep. the, but also was that ninety. Just to remind, was that ninety points? It was. So Gloucester have done much better than ninety. And also look at Montpellier's squad as well compared to they won the top fourteen. Gloucester, Montpellier, yeah, exactly. So, Mont- but that's what I mean. Montpellier have got a much bigger squad. The format is very different now, and the salary cap of Montpellier and Gloucester is the third at the, at the very best. So we spoke about on the podcast last week. I said if I was Gloucester, I'd be doing exactly the same as what they did. Like in terms of like we almost you could have said I spoke to Rainbow before, and he said they're, they're sending the second or third string team down. We didn't. Had no chat at all. But my tweet about it was, it's like right, so six day turnaround for Gloucester with a small squad and the amount of rugby that these players are about to play. You got to remember Gloucester have played Wasps and Worcester already this season and won. And then had the points taken away. Gloucester have had a game shifted as well. Yep. Leinster have now got a 10-day break between their game at the weekend on Friday against Gloucester to when they play Munster. And like I said on my tweet, if Leinster go full noise against Munster in 10 days, I'll eat, I'll eat my words. I don't know how you eat them, but eat I will. I'll, eat, I'll try and eat my boot. I don't think they'll go full noise. My I point in everything I think, was... I think they will. <laughs> they might now. I Leo think, might Leinster, completely Leo, stitch me. Leo might be going to Leicester. Jim. But what I find, again, this is because of Twitter, right? As in, like, they're quite passive-aggressive, the people that come back at you. As in, it's an opinion. You know, it's an opinion. Well, it's, it's you know, a decent opinion, and it's a well-formed opinion. Like, I'm close to the game, but... In answer to your question or your statement, a slight bit of sarcasm, like we've seen it again, like the tournament in the space of, I'd say, a, a year, it looks a shadow of its former self. And we went through it last week of how important we think the competition is. But you look at the fans, you look at the results at the weekend, and some of them didn't reflect the game, but some of them were just what you'd call dead rubbers. I don't know about the dead rubbers, though, because everyone's in with a shout. Well, that's but it's a dead rubber game, not a dead rubber in terms of like they're not going to make it through the tournament. Yeah, I think everyone knew that Leinster were going to put a decent score on Gloucester. But last year, you could make it through on seven points, yeah. which I didn't realise. So I'm thinking you've got to win two or three just because that's what you'd think. Well, that's the old way, isn't it? And that's what yeah. created loads of dead rubbers last year. Because time. that third game would normally just be... For some teams, last, with the old format, rounds four, five and six was just... Mm pick the shags every week it doesn't yeah, matter you're yeah. definitely out whereas at least now it's so a Gloucester pick that younger team off the back of where they're at in terms of the Prem games their squad their squad size they've got Leicester away Christmas Eve but also they won their first game so whatever team Gloucester without disrespecting their best team whatever team Gloucester sent to Leinster if they pick their full team Lewis Reece Summit if you can get them back from Arizona or America or wherever he is just loving life what a legend you know they would have probably lost to Leinster's best team. So therefore it was a dead rubber. That's what I mean, like the games But that's rugby. Though. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, so the issue that they've targeted, and coach, you know this, coaches target games. You know when you were going up to Newcastle in the middle of Christmas, when you're at Saracens, oh, when George Cruz and Maratoji and Will Skelton are all on holiday somewhere, that is just squad depth and squad rotation and picking your games. Yeah. Uh, and that's what it's come down to for a lot of clubs. But the, I, I suppose from the flip side of it, is you look at the two pools at the minute and there's a lot of clubs, even Racing, play two, lost two, could still qualify for the knockouts. And that's what I think, when you get to rounds three and four, it will still be quite exciting because there's a lot of teams still going for the knockout stages. The issue is around it that I think is the romance around the tournament. Like there's going to be games where you can think, oh, regardless if they go full noise, they're going to struggle like you've just said. Like say I'll go full noise to Toulouse, you think they're going to struggle and they did struggle. 
but it's the it's around the tournament. There's like just games for the sake of games, even though we know that that is the format, and that is my point underlying all yeah. this. Like if you're BT Sport and you've got a team who finished fifth who's going really well this season, they've got England players, they've got British and Irish Lions players, they've got Lewis Rees Summit, you've got Leinster fully loaded. That's a game you want to show on a Friday night, right? Yeah. And you see that team, no disrespect, like, you know, some of them played well, you know, Jake Pledry coming back from injury, big shout out to him. Billy Twelve Trees, love the bloke. Hey, he nearly caught James Lowe. He did. James Lowe looked slow, didn't he? <laughs> he had a fridge on his back or what? Yeah. You tell him. Hey, I ain't telling him, no. <laughs> Powerful as anything. But you look at that as in, you be, so BT Sport, you've got, you've rolled out, you've rolled out Brian O'Driscoll, you've rolled out the big dogs. And it's like, how do you get hyped up for that game? And we're all trying to hype up rugby at the minute. That was my point, but you can't put that in one tweet. Where's Jim in his tier two media with his scrappy dappy do with the taxi van who you thought you were above going to Gloucester? I'm going in a couple of weeks. There you go. I'm doing Gloucester Leinster in a couple of weeks. Go. There we go. We after Christmas. It. Well, no one saw that win coming from Ospreys in Montpellier, did they? No, I didn't see it coming. Commentated last week on Ospreys against Leicester and Ospreys were poor. It was a dour game. Going over to Montpellier. I mean, tell the driving malls that. Well, that's what I mean. They, yeah. Like, that's not what you think, do you? They scored one driving mall and then they did a pick and go off one. And you're thinking that Osprey's team, whereas Jim says, oh, the format, the format, you know, blah, blah, blah. no chance. Ospre There's the romance <laughs> of the competition, Jim. The Ospreys, they got their first win in donkey's years away from home at the French champions. Well, the 10 people in the stadium didn't witness it, <laughs> did they? Morgan Morris, number eight, got man of the match. Um, he was outstanding. No, Alan Wynn, Jim. What are you saying? You're, you're saying it. I'm saying Beard played very well. He did. As well. To he, brick. He did. Are you saying that Elman Jones should retire? No, I'm not saying that. You nearly got bought his book, Andy Rowe. <laughs> but I spoke to Jackie when we got that made for you and she said that you're getting it for Christmas, so <laughs> I've just ruined it. <laughs> but yeah, it was you know, f fair play to the Ospreys from where they were. I think everyone just predicted a Montpellier win, didn't they? Well, when you saw the team. So there's the romance in the competition. It James. is. Okay, there you go. Well, I'm happy to eat me out. It wasn't a great game. If you want to, be, if you want to delve into it, it was... Uh, pretty average but Montpellier full noise and look fair play to Ospreys because it's been poor for Welsh rugby hasn't it so I'm sure that's a huge boost and I'm actually pumped for them Sarries went over there and won as well didn't they tough game tough game one thing I'm good at right here's me talking myself up I remember names right not when I meet people at dinner and be like do you remember me I'll be like I can't remember you now I'm sorry I don't remember names but like when we do this podcast or even like when I watch a game and I've done a bit of research like I'll pick up players like that Bloody hell, I struggle to remember what happens in the games, though. Like, we've spoken about it, haven't mm. we? Like, if you come down at half-time, you, you talk about, oh, yeah, like, this play, this play. I'd be like, oh, I forgot, I can't remember. But Leon, good, good team, like, attack well. I want to start about Leon, though, as, you, as you're talking, because you'll know a bit about this. Joel Kapoku. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Gave it loads in the press and the bill. Where was he? Well, I don't know. I, I, I imagine he said he pulled his, pulled his hamstring. <laughs> yeah. He, he was it giving it loads yeah. about Saracens. And I'm, I'm thinking, right, I can't wait to tune in to see... What fucking fuss says to him? He did an article in the Times and yeah. said that the culture weren't what it's all made out to be, which is a shame, really, because I coached Joel, and maybe it's <laughs> maybe he's pointing it at me. Uh, he's not, but they looked after him at Saracens. From what I saw, no one phones him anymore. He said, "Well, but who phones me? I do." On the way up to, oh, Leicester. you're a Saracen. Yeah, you're a Saracen. <laughs> yeah, like Kelly don't even ring me. I have to call him. So Saracens though struggled a little bit. weren't as good as I thought. They cruised into a. An early lead, and that they? was maybe the issue. It just seemed like it was a foregone conclusion. But Leon are good. Like I commentated on them last year as well, and there's not a, like a plethora of a plethora of players that roll off the tongue. But they, you know, they're, just, they're well coached. They've got a great academy system. They won the Challenge Cup last year. That no, I watched it. 
You were there. I was there. In you Marseille. were. What about Carbiche, the prop? Yeah, Carbiche scored two. Pick Wheels. And go. I know, Wheels and one in the corner. Uh, some of the names, mate. Mayana Vanua. There's his name. Second rower. Second row, he were good as well. They had Naikatathi on the wing as well. And Vuraduma in the centre as well. So they had some Fijian influence. Very good. A look, again, like commentating on it. Some of the tries that Saracen scored, like Jamie George's nudge, and I how, how are your it. lungs? How are your lungs after all that? I know. Length of the field, Loz makes the break. Yeah, brilliant. It wasn't underplayed it. And he's a hooker. And he's a hooker. I said that twice. Yeah. So Andy Rowe, you watched the clip. I just I could have given him more, but it's Jamie George. So I'm mates with him. So he he forgive me. Well, he does. He texts me and said I forgive you for not talking me up enough. But so him, he was good. Ben Hill, brilliant again. I mean, he'll get picked for England now. I think surely. he will. Yeah. He has to now. Yeah. Authors. Like, Job number one. I mean, I've been watching Curry. He's been class. But there's all, yeah, Eddie Jones. Oh, he's, Tom Curry's the best, one of the best players in the world. All right, well, you've got Ben Earl as well, and he weren't even in the squad. And that's mental, in my opinion. So Saracens were out without Maratoji. Line out struggled for whatever reason. But big win in Leon. They're under a bit of pressure. But they defended the line out drives well at the end, though, when they went down to 14 Saracens, didn't they? I thought. Once the red card came, it might turn. Leon had a few opportunities to try and score driving line. They defended really well at the end. And that's the Saracens' mantra, isn't it? In, yeah. in defence in Europe and all that stuff. So, good win for Saris. Yeah, struggled week one against Edinburgh. Didn't look amazing week two, but I still think they Get it done, though. Between still, them and unbeat, Leinster. Unbeaten all year. Yeah, between them and Leinster. Ulster. Bit of a shocking situation there, wasn't it? Shit show. You could have said shit show then. Everyone would have been... Yeah, you're shit right, Andy show. Right. There you go, Andy Right, That's it. Yeah. 600 grand's worth of shit show is what they've missed out on. Really? It's hard. Yeah, yeah, it's hard. And the Ulster fans will be raging, won't they? So you see it from both sides, being in, in the TV and all that stuff, Jim, as you know. Logistically, there has to be a cut-off point when you have to go to your backup plan, the backup stadium. So it's not as easy as, oh, the, the game's fine, the pitch is fine on the day of the game. When it's on TV and all the stewards and everything that you have to have, it, it's a difficult decision. And as Dan McFarlane said, the emotional energy and, and everything that he said was fair enough around the Kingspan was playable at the time of kickoff. But they have to make a decision prior to that. And the, the biggest farcical thing around it is obviously you've moved it to Dublin and said it's played behind closed doors, but there's 200 bloody La Rochelle fans in there. So yeah, I feel for the Ulster fans, no, they're, they're really the and the club. They're like delegates, whatever they're okay. called, old yeah. buffdies. Yeah. It's hard, isn't it? Because for Ulster fans, you have them at, the Kingspan, where it is raucous and the energy there is unbelievable. We've both been there and commentated there and seen what the fans do for the players on the field. And they needed that and to go to an empty stadium in Dublin playing against the biggest, most sort of powerful team in the Champions Cup. You need that extra energy, don't you? So it was all taken out of them. And you saw half-time, they're getting hosed. But fair play, they, they bounced back and got two bonus points. Yeah, Cooney got them that last Cooney. bonus point there, didn't he, with a kick. But again... You don't want to keep bagging the tournament. We've seen not just this year, we've seen over years gone by, like games getting snowed off or getting moved from Saturday to Sunday behind closed doors. Summer rugby, he said it. <laughs> I think there's going to be a, a, a new format. I reckon after the World Cup in France, the whole rugby landscape, World. the calendar will be globalised and there'll be a completely different format. Are you in charge? Are you going to be in charge? No one's called me yet, but this I, I'm happy to be on a panel. And Are all the bills go, asleep? I think Bill Beaumont is Christmas, he's asleep. Yeah, it's nearly Christmas, he's asleep. What did you guys make of that massive scrap in the Saints-Munster game? Not as bad as people are making out. I watched it, slow-mode it. I've watched more of that than I do of tries, I'll be honest with you. But it was... How good is it, watch it, when there is a fight that kicks off, or it's not a fight, it's just grabbing and pushing. And 
it is great to have the old rewind button to see because you can watch it five or six times and look at different angles, different people, yeah. can't you? Yeah, unless you're in France, they wouldn't have shown that again no. on the big you screen. Said that, you said that on your comms, didn't you? <laughs> I did. did you use the word conspiracy as well? I don't know. I've yeah, just gone full. I've gone full nuclear. <laughs> I have. I also said that Frank Murphy's thrown a million pound at the way he looks as well. So <laughs> I'm just going nuclear on it all. But yeah, like as in, you say it was nothing. Nick Mullins said it was like going back to the 1970s. So Dave Ribbons comes in, just clears off. I think it was Keith Earls off the ball when there was a bit of pulling and shoving. John Ryan was getting choked out on the floor. Don't know about you. I'm not going to name drop people because I don't know unless there's tattoos that you see who they are exactly, but not a lot really. Wasn't Two the, yellow wasn't cards. just the only chokehold at the weekend, was it? Why? The one in the Ospreys game. I think Scott Baldwin was... Oh yeah, I saw. Yeah, he, he tapped choked. out Willemser. He did. Willemser's tapping out. Trying... Who's tapping out? Willemser? <laughs> yeah, Willemser's A man who's been out. bit by a fucking lion. That's who. <laughs> there you go. So not nothing really. But I mean, Northampton, they got slippered really, didn't they? Munster's defence was great. They, they, they would look that like that. was a that's European it. performance. Yeah, it was. It. And that's what they've said. <laughs> the ro- romance of the competition, James, even though it's not Europe anymore, it's Champions Cup. Cost of living crisis, Andrew, as well. But you're thinking Northampton Munster should be a sellout, right? You've yep. got two huge clubs, I know, going over all ground. But Munster, yeah, they are. That Edinburgh game, see how I put it back on Edinburgh, kind of changed the direction, I reckon, for them. And Wigsville. It's not Wigsville, though, is it? Sorry, it's not Graham Roundtree. God, I apologise. Um, he's definitely back. But physical, defensively, and that ruckus that you saw, and there's a bit of UFC going on in there, just shows what it means. But they're getting players back as well. So, Zeebs, you want to say have a good Christmas to everyone, apart from you, Zeebs, just get on the what bike, fella. Right, well, let's finish things off then with the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, yeah, loads of good this weekend, and we're going to start off. Seven teams have won both their opening games in the Champions Cup, Jim Hamilton. Three of them are English. Who says it's all about English teams not performing or turning up in the Champions Cup? But... Big shout-outs to the Sharks in South Africa, the Tigers, two of my old clubs, Toulouse, Leinster, Exeter, Saracens, another one of my old clubs, and La Rochelle, all play 2-1-2. We'll start off with the Sharks. Big away win for them in Bordeaux, 19 points to 16. Always tough to win in France, so well done to the South African boys. Leinster, 57-0 drubbing of Gloucester. It was like a team run, so well done to Leinster slash Ireland. Uh, Edinburgh, get a shout-out in the goo this week, Jim. Big bonus point win for them at home against Cast. I know it's only Cast, but... The way they performed last week at Saracens, they're right in the mix. Good win for them. Toulouse, get a mention of the good. How good were they? Unreal. Silly offloading. DuPont was on fire. Talzan on the wing was yeah. crazy good as Untermac. well. On Tamak. ridiculous. So, loaded. Toulouse get a shout out in the good. Of course they do. Uh, Exeter Chiefs get a shout out in the good. 44 points to 14. Spanking of the Bulls. Yeah, Bulls. Even their coach said they didn't want to be there. Did Eff- effectively, that's what he said. Yeah, Jake White. We'll just say it's Dodson though. Hey? <laughs> there you go. Dobson. So, big win for Exeter. They look like a different team in Europe as they have in the Premiership. So, uh, maybe with a lot of their players moving on at the end of the season, there's rooms of more players leaving potentially. Uh, it's a big finish for them in terms of the Champions Cup this year. So, big shout out to them. But only one place to go for the good this week, James. Where do you reckon it is? Doesn't often happen in here. We're going to Wales, aren't we? We are going via to Wales. France. We're going to Wales via France. The Ospreys get a shout-out. Not only a shout-out, they win the good this week. 21 points to 10 winners down at the French champions Montpellier. Not a great game or a great spectacle, but Ospreys had only won one of their last 25 away games in Europe and beating the French champions Montpellier in their own backyard is a big feat. So, uh, Ospreys, you get the good this week. Uh, the bad, few bits of bad. We'll start off, we just mentioned the Bulls. Uh, they got dominated by the Chiefs, 44 points to 14. Their coach, Jake White, said they didn't want to be there, apparently, Jim. You yeah, just said. He did not quote-unquote yeah, something him. like that. You've quoted Something him. like that. It's a lot on the South African teams. Uh, Gloucester get a mention of the bad this week. They sent the Shags and took 50 
down at Leinster. I don't know what else to say about that. Well, there's not a lot you can say. They tried hard. So some good young players coming through. You saw Clark snippets was of good it. In the second yeah, round. he was good. Yeah. Sale get mentioned the bad this week. Three yellow cards and took a hammer in at Toulouse. Uh, they were in the good last week with their powerful victory over Ulster. They've come back down to earth with a bang this week over in Toulouse. Yeah, they got ripped to shreds as, at some points as well. Yeah. The offloading game is just ridiculous. I defend that. But, but the bad this week uh, goes to the whole Ulster situation having to play the game behind closed doors, but it wasn't even behind closed doors because there was some Larry Shell fans let in, maybe just because they made the flight over, but the Ulster fans weren't allowed in to the Viva Stadium. The whole situation around it being moved, it being behind closed doors, but not behind closed doors. Ron Nogara banned from the touchline, sat in row one. <laughs> blame someone then. <laughs> yeah, who should we blame? You've got to blame someone. You can't give it to the whole situation. You need to, you, we need to point at one person. We'll point at the weather. Uh, Sir Bill. <laughs> <laughs> so this week the bad goes to the whole Ulster situation around not being able to play at their home ground ugly a few bits of ugly um, we're going to start off with Thomas Ramos dropping yeah. the old heed what's he doing on Byron McGuigan the angriest man I've ever seen that I've never played with or against yeah there was a bit of history in the game between them is there there's a bit going on well there was in that game I mean if you're going to have a go with the head have a proper goo or don't have a goo at yeah, all yeah exactly right. yeah. anyway Thomas Ramos sent off in the 80th minute for a bit of a headbutt Werner Koch what a name. Um, he gets uh, a mention in the ugly this week. His WWE style suplex on Jean-Baptiste Duby in the game against Bordeaux. See that? Yeah. Good player he is. Though. He's hard, isn't he? Yeah. Werner Koch is. Great hair. Yeah, he's great. He looks like a surfer. I'd like, that'd be me. Like That's my dream. If you get your hair like done, that. you're going to grow it all out. I'm going to get my hair done. We'll see. <laughs> not like John Travolta though, not Werner Koch. Yeah, let's go to the Quinns against Racing 92 game and Kitioni Kamikamitha flipping Nick David head over heels in Racing's defeat at Quinns. That gets a mention in the ugly. Alec Carey gets a mention in the ugly as well. Upright in the tackle for his red card for Saracens against Lyon. But there's only one place to go for the ugly this week and it is back to France. It is back to your mate Mo Altrad and Bernard the Door, Bernard Laporte. They got given a two-year suspended prison sentence and Mo Altrad got 18 months and a suspended sentence for corruption. Ugly for the game. How do you get the World Cup? Who's got the money? Show me the money. Pay the money to charity. What's happened there? Cash is king. Cash Andy, is king, Andy but corruption good. is not good, well, James. we've seen. I don't want to talk about Qatar. We're not getting there. We're not. We ain't going there. We're, we're not. We're not. Anyway, Bernard Laporte, Mo Altrad, they get the ugly this week for corruption and being guilty and having suspended prison sentence. Send them to prison in the budgies with the glasses off. Be hilarious, wouldn't it? It would, yeah. There we go. Thanks, Scooty. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, Producer Rob. And thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to check us out on YouTube and make sure you've subscribed on Spotify. And have a very Merry Christmas, responsibly. Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. We shall see you in the new year. Yeah. Eat, drink, and be merry. Yeah, don't eat too much. Uh, Andy Rowe, Merry Christmas to Jackie as well. Thanks for the the mould for the piece. Very good use. Put it on the windowsill. (laughs) 